Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. often catch yourself focusing on the problems that you don't really have control over. I'm sure you try to think of solutions sometimes with little or no success. The moment you manage to resolve something, the next tough thing comes up the next moment and you stay trapped in that vicious circle. What if I tell you to stop focusing on your external circumstances and move into your inner conditions? See what's going on inside of you and you will soon realize that your external problems are fading away. Hi, this is Hina Siddiqui. You are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. Today, I have Linwood Jackson Jr. to discuss with me on this deeper topic, your mental and spiritual well-being. Linwood is an author, poet, and philosopher. He has published eight books touching on devotional well-being or the process whereby philosophy guides the living experience for a meaningful devotional or spiritual experience. Linwood says that all in that we do, the kindness given to self is reflected in how we interact with others. This is so beautiful, isn't it? He's a pioneer in his own right, as there is no other writer, lecturer, pastor, or author articulating the philosophy that he presents. I'm really excited for this conversation because I totally resonate with the idea of dealing with inner stuff over external life situations. Hi, Linwood. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So good to have you. I have read some great stuff about you on your website and your bio is pretty interesting. Let me ask you first, who is Linwood Jackson in one word? One word I would say reflective because that's just absolutely everything that has gotten me to the point of right uh, right now is reflecting. Mm, that's interesting. Linwood, you have dedicated your life to uncovering the true nature of the Bible's philosophy and disproving the fallacies that exist. Please tell us what led you to this commitment. Um, it actually had nothing to actually do with even a religious perspective. It was me graduating from college and upon graduating realized that I had learned absolutely nothing. I had taken that journey for the fulfillment of parents and for the fulfillment of society. But uh, for myself, I really saw no outlook on its benefit to me as a human being or secularly. I felt uh, depressed about myself mm -hmm. and I ended up using that depression in negative ways, journaling to myself and writing to myself and trying to understand what I now believe at that point in time. I discovered that it was because of tradition that I held myself back mentally. Yeah. It was putting my faith on the awareness of another person, on the traditional belief of another person, stopped me from actually thinking about what I thought for my own self, for my own life. And so I realized that I was in the um, in the mess that I was in mentally because of no one else, even though there was room for me to cast blame on a lot of people. It was my own fault that I was a willing sheep and I gave my mentality to others and to society. And it was because of this that I then began to look into different spiritualities and philosophies 
none of them resonated because none of them spoke to my human being. And I wasn't really raised in a religious household, but I was always brought up with you have a creator and there is an eye watching over you. Yeah. No matter what you do, that eye is watching over you. So I looked through the different uh, texts of religious books and none of them really resonated with me. I understood that getting into them, I was running away from myself in them instead of confronting myself through them. And, and so I, I picked up the Bible and was just like, all right, if this is it, if this is it, if this is you there in there somewhere, uh, let me know. And I got a philosophy from it. And the philosophy that I received from it was my the title of my first book, Perfecting and Reforming Personal Religion. Okay. And it was because of, you know, this philosophy that I discovered that I realized that traditional routes, whether secular or spiritual, kind of um, demean our human being, lower our consciousness, uh, degrade the frequency of the vibration that we have about our energy to one, to one another also. And so to step away from the traditional scope of living, whether religiously or secularly, stepping away from that and to discover how we individually, as an essence within, would live. This is how we can discover who we are and who we are not for an industry and for a communion with one another. That's, that's, that's well. So that, that's how all of that started. Great. And that's, that's a common scenario. Like most of us go through our lives just to fulfill the expectations of other people, the people around us to the society. And by the end of it, most of us are just, you know, uh, we feel messed up. We feel trapped. I think that a few people who are fortunate enough to find that path but most of us are not uh, you know are not able to do that even we just reach our dead and and then we realize that we just wasted our life it's it's really true we um we're so it's weird we're naturally dependent on community yeah we're naturally dependent on not just community but on the the legend attached to community legend meaning meaning the the lures the the morality the the you know the dialogue of the community community plus community dialogue plus ancient community dialogue yeah we bring all of that and we're just naturally wanting to please it mm. and the more that i found myself wanting to naturally please that is the more yeah. i found myself not actually being alive there is um, a community within me there is a morality within me there is health within me and all of that was put aside for the health morality and community for what was outside of my own thoughts and feelings and you know as you say we can spend our life in this mode of operation but if we are fortunate enough to it's it's really not fortunate it's courage yeah it it, it it takes courage so it's the courage that makes us fortunate enough courage to deal with the criticism from the people around you they're right. going to call you they're going to call you stupid for not doing what they're doing they're going to call you a waste of life because your goals are not segregately engaging enough. They're going to call you uh, the black sheep because your religious or spiritual outlook doesn't match what's traditional. Yeah. So it takes a lot of courage to to embrace that fortune that your mind has been open to and to and to chase it. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I can so much resonate with it. I have been that black sheep in my family where when you try to do something that you to follow your passion, right? Then that makes you a little different when you deny to, to conform with what other people are doing. Then it takes a lot of courage to, to be in that conflict and get away with it. Mm, it does. 
For long years, I believed that being money-minded was a bad thing, so I kept on avoiding money. In every job interview, I hesitated to negotiate salary and turned down every opportunity to make money. Even my coaching business functioned as a free service for a long time because the reason I got into coaching was to serve people. Then I started realizing the side effects of my wrong money mindset. Thanks to my coaches and mentors who set me up for money inflow while serving the world. Whatever career you are into, if your money mindset is distorted, you are going to struggle in your career. And the amazing fact is that you would not even realize that you are sabotaging your full potential because all this happens at the sub and unconscious level. Your money stories are deep rooted, particularly if you have seen a money deprived childhood. The solution is to identify your patterns and let them go as fast as you can because it's costing you your career. That's why the money mindset is a big part of all my coaching programs. Send me a quick mail to connect at authorhina.com to know more about my programs. Linwood, you have written eight books. Would you like to talk a bit about them? Each one of them are founded upon philosophy of well-being. But while um, one book is a book of poetry and then another book is a fantasy fiction novel, and then the other six are uh, plainly about philosophy of devotional well-being, they all they all fit into that that mold. My book of philosophy is called Growth, mm-hmm. where it is a continual dialogue between what appears to be male and female, but it's really my heart and my mind. Mm-hmm. And so the marrying of those two is what the, the poetry is getting at, is the need for the marriage of my heart and my mind in order to be a whole that's it's different i've never heard of it anytime like i i have never heard of this before you know i get all all of the things that i write about i derive it from the philosophy that is within the bible it's not um a christian philosophy it's not a jewish philosophy it is uh, the philosophy of the of the hebrew Hmm. and in, in this philosophy it is more about the person understanding who their inward person is and then marrying that inward person. So it is a marriage between the individual's heart and then the individual's character. I love that. And I would love to read this book for sure. If we can get the marriage of our heart and mind or of our heart and character um, as mm-hmm. one, we will have a union that will give us enough confidence mm-hmm. to be able to love somebody else. We've gone through the struggle to love ourselves. We've gone through the struggle of hating ourselves. We've gone through the struggle of uh, reasoning with um, our own self and the essence within yeah. because they're separate. We are not our essence. I, I always like to tell people when, when I do talk about this subject, I always say, can you ever remember being accepting life? Can you ever remember saying I do to life? And the answer is always no. Mm. And so if you have no memory of ever accepting life, then who did? Yeah. So it's really not quote unquote, a God that forced life on you, because if we can look around and see life, life is not a forced creation. Yes, correct. So we, we cannot say that life has been forced onto us. We can actually say that there is something within us that accepted it on our behalf. Yes, and life is always happening for us. Exactly. And when you put it into that perspective, then you can see that this life, I have no memory of accepting it, yet I'm here, so something within me has a memory of it. The experience really may not be for my physical sense, but it may be for something that is within me. Mm, yeah. So when you think when you think about life in into that perspective, then it becomes a marriage between 
what in you said I do to life and what in you had no knowledge to say I do to life. So when you can get those two into a marriage, then we as a human being, we can accept what within us already accepted without our knowledge and we can have a more content and balanced life. Every single one of my books, these, this, this, this one element is just wow. in there for the reader. And this is a beautiful, uh, beautiful concept that's going to help the people uh, dealing with their relationship because most of the relationship problems are just because that they are not able to accept the other person the way they are. And the truth is that they have not yet accepted themselves. So what so is true. the point? So true. The other person. So true. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And where can we buy your books, Linda? Um, you can find my books on Amazon. You can type my name into um any any search engine, Linwood Jackson Jr., and I will pop up. You can uh, find my website, my website, linwoodjacksonjr.com. Mm-hmm. My books are on my website along with other material. Okay. So you can you can find me all over. Great, awesome. I encourage every mind to personally handle the Bible's words for a life-altering experience. These are your words on your website. As this show is about corporate professionals, what are a few of the most impactful pieces of advice you would like to give to our listeners so they find joy, mental peace, and fulfillment in their corporate careers? Everything, it's, um, we're not initially physical beings. We are initially mental, um, devotional, or spiritual beings. Yeah. In the corporate world, there is no blatant or clear path uh, for spirituality and its expression, except except through how we approach one another. And so, the taking the journey or taking the steps to um, learn how to um, court and then like and then marry yourself, it will allow you to be able to develop a a, a process of empathy for yourself. So if you're able to not simply sympathize with your natural condition, but gain strength from that experience to empathize with your natural condition and with the lacking of your spiritual or mental or devotional condition, you are able to, in the corporate world, then do something absolutely revolutionary. Yeah. In the corporate world, what you will then be able to do through going through this experience is that you will be able to lead through service. Right. So in, instead of leading through management, instead of supervising, mm-hmm. you'll be able to lead through serving. Yes. And leading through serving um, in the corporate world may not be to the same effect as it would in our home life or in our, our journey with ourselves, but it may be the same thing. Being or becoming a servant, a leader that serves, a servant leader, even though these two words are so, it seems polar opposite to serve and to lead. Because if you want to lead, you don't want to serve. Yeah. And if you want to serve, you really don't want to take on the spirit of a leader. You would want to take on more of a humble spirit. But to be a, a servant leader is to, you know, exemplify the, the spirit of empathy is yeah. where your actions, your thoughts, uh, your feelings, your behaviors, they are so empowering to the people around you that you're actually leading through a spirit of empathizing with whatever the work they may be going through, with whatever meeting they may have, with whatever situation you may need to put on hold or they may need to put on hold for you. You're, you're seeing a full spectrum of humanity in the workspace, mm-hmm. which 
is difficult to do because the workspace is only for the workspace. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the position where only numbers matter. Yeah. And I've I've been in the position where I've had to work my employees to get numbers. Mm-hmm. And I've seen employees work so much that they they either lose their mind or they they go through some sort of health issues because of the stress or all we want in the corporate world is numbers. Yeah. But we don't, you know, it's not really realized that numbers aren't working for us. It's the people that work for us. Yeah. So our, you know, our responsibility in the corporate world, whether we have a position of leadership or not, is to realize that the work that we're doing, we're supposed to be managing the work, not the people. Correct. You just talked about numbers. And I think that when people, they start serving, uh, just rise above their own selfish interests, then the numbers will automatically increase out of nowhere. Exactly. And it will because uh-huh. it's that spirit of, of moving past self that, that lets somebody else know, mm-hmm. oh, their concern really isn't the numbers. Their concern is me. Yeah. So since their concern is about me, I'm going to work seven yeah. times more harder for them yeah. because their concern really isn't about my production, even though they care about the production. Their concern is really about the one over the production. Yeah. So that's going to increase, and it's all stimulus. Yeah. It's all stimulus. It's all the release of um, endorphins when we're interacting with individuals. It's all the release of of what is within us, um, up and down our bodies in relation to one another to inspire each other to work. And the act of service and yeah. service in that kind of setting, it it inspires um, the mind to think beyond itself, and it allows the person to feel like they have a stake in the company or a stake in the business. When they can be that involved and see you kind of disinterested from the business, but super interested in them, that stake that they feel within the the company is going to grow. And that's how you grow because it's not numbers that grow businesses, it's the people. Yes, absolutely. And if people happen to understand this concept deeply, and then the corporate world would be an entire different place to work. You would not have people my age going, I don't know what I'm doing with my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Because it's just that that environment where every day you're waking up, sitting in an office in front of a computer, and the you within is crumbling away. Yeah. And so the first year, nice. That's this is everything I've dreamed of. The second year, I have, you know, I've got the material goals that I wanted. The third year, it's nice. But then the fourth year, it's sort of like, what actually am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was me, by the way, long years back. It's it's really interesting and yeah. It's it's just human human nature. We're we're so we're so structured by uh, societal standards. We're we're so defined by um, traditional terms, whether religious or secular. Yeah. And when we're you know believing in the goodness of it, eventually, doesn't matter how many years could be one year, ten, fifteen, thirty. It's going to hit us like what actually. Am I? Yeah. I'm defined by all of this stuff, but for some reason, it's just not fulfilling. And yeah. that's really what it comes down to. It's as human beings, we have to be fulfilled, and especially in our workplace. Very true. And 
leaders or and leaders of organizations or individuals put in a leadership position, they have to do more than manage. They actually have to serve. Yeah. Because when they're when they're serving, they're they're serving the the needs, the workforce needs, and also the human needs of their employees. And when employees are serving other employees, human needs and workforce needs are also being met and also being maintained. And it, it allows fulfillment to go beyond the spreadsheet that I'm looking at every single day. Right. It goes beyond a fulfillment, beyond, you know, my one two meaning about what was wrong with this this piece of the building that didn't really have what it needed to have in order for mm-hmm. production to be what production should be. Yeah. It goes into um, a more liquid or a more fluid approach to to life and it makes that sort of dry environment more human. Yeah. It, and if this is all that this individual has in their life is just this one thing, it can then become a form of exercising empathy to find fulfillment and that they can then find fulfillment in their own self from what they're doing in this role. And who knows what that could do for them outside of the, yeah, right. the workplace. Exactly. And I also noticed that people are always looking outside of them for solutions. And I too have been that kind of person for a very long time until I began my spiritual practice. But that doesn't work because all healing happens inside of us. We just need to pay attention, isn't it? True. And we're, we're built for this. We're... Yeah. We're framed. We're framed for this. If we can look even at nature, you can put a seed right there on dirt. Right. But nothing really grows unless it's beneath the surface inside of it. Absolutely. That that dark period that you may go through when going through that transition of being a better person. That darkness is really the seed within us covered by the dirt so that something can blossom up from out yeah. of it. Beautiful. And if we look at creation, everything in creation has something blossoming from under, going mm-hmm. upward. And then when blossoming from um, beneath and going upward, it then works um, for a community purpose that sometimes we cannot see. Yeah. And that's really how we should be in our corporate environment. But it, it would begin or should begin with us from beneath rising um, above to where we can enter into these environments. And then form a community that's beyond the network of computers that's there, but that is formed in a network of human kindness and, and of empathy through our private spiritual growth. I believe so. Linwood, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I my email. Uh, sorry. Oh yes, my email. I um I frequently give out my email, Linwood Jackson at hotmail dot com. But also my my website, my email is also on my website is what I meant to say. But my website, LinwoodJacksonJr.com, you can um, contact me through there also. Right. And I'm going to include your uh, information on the show notes section so that people can find you there and can order your books because uh, the subject of marrying your own self, like your mind and heart, it looks really, really fascinating to me. Thank you. Thank you very much, Linwood, for being here today and share your beautiful concepts with us. Thank you um, for having me. You know, we, we really need these sort of concepts within religious uh, fields and also within secular workplaces. We can get these if some sort of if courses can be or the character or character. If we can take on the development that's necessary, we can be a lesson just for more or demeanor in these different environments. So. You know, I, I, I do all of this because of the 
the pain I felt from my own loss yeah. and from what I see as I interact with different environments. And so this is just my love to and my joy to just let humanity know that there's more to them yeah. than their traditional land landmark, devotionally, spiritually, or secularly. Right. I truly appreciate what you're doing. This is a great work. This is a beautiful effort to transform yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much and all the very best. Thank you. Even if you don't align with religious beliefs, that's me by the way, I still urge you to think over these beautiful spiritual concepts that Linwood talked about in this interview. Because we can't even get close to true career success and prosperity unless we connect with and love our inner self and navigate our life with inner guidance. What's your number one takeaway from this amazing conversation? Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know. That's it for today. I'll see you next week with another fabulous episode. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website authorhina.com for career changing tools and resources. Don't forget to check out my latest book, Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.